Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rakos and I'm the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. Today's episode of Eat Right with Laura is about ketogenic diets. Uh, there seems to be a lot of interest in that dietary strategy and I thought I would provide you all with some clarifying information to determine whether that dietary strategy is right for you. So what exactly is a ketogenic diet? It is a diet where 70 to 80 percent of all of your calories come from fats. About 20 percent comes from protein and very, very little comes from carbohydrates. So what kind of effect does this have on your metabolism? Well, if you're relying almost entirely on fats for your energy and not nearly as many calories on carbohydrates, then theoretically this will turn you into a fat burning machine. So let me explain why. All right, your body uses just fats and carbohydrates to make energy, all right? And we really don't rely on protein very much at all. Uh, so when you're sitting down, you're watching a movie, you're not really moving at all. You are actually relying on your fat stores to keep you going, to energize you. It's not until you get up and start moving around, at the very least, that you're actually relying half on carbohydrates, half on fats, all right? And then when you're actually exercising and you need to actually make a lot of energy, that you're relying more so on carbohydrates. Uh, so what is happening here? The carbohydrates are being broken down and producing glucose. And glucose is your body's primary form of energy. Fats, on the other hand, are broken down and they make something called ketones. And ketones are also effectively used to make energy. Ketones are for your storage form of energy and glucose is for immediate energy. Proteins, on the other hand, are not really used to make energy at all. And the reason is because protein is used to make muscle. If you are using protein, breaking down protein for energy, it's probably because you're extremely malnourished or because you're starving. Your body only uses protein to make energy as a last resort. And that is why if you eat too much protein, proteins not used to build muscle are just stored as fat. So let's get back to carbohydrates and fats. All right, so carbohydrates are broken down into glucose, all right? When the blood sugar or the blood glucose rises, your pancreas secretes insulin, which is a hormone that takes the glucose out of the blood and brings it to your muscles so that you can exercise, and it brings it to your brain so that you can think. That brain fog that you have at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that is because your blood sugar is dropping. It's a few hours after your last meal, and you don't really have enough glucose in your brain to make 
energy in the form of ATP, and you might have that brain fog. So that's why it's at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when you go hit the candy dish uh, to get a little snack, a little something-something, so that you can start thinking again and you can have enough energy to, to, to pull you into, to, to, to hold you over uh, to dinner. All right, now I just want to explain the difference between glucose and ketones. All right, glucose is an excellent source of energy, particularly if you're an athlete. However, ketones are very interesting in that they readily penetrate your brain. They go right into your brain. They're a very efficient form of energy for your brain. All right, so why... How can we exploit this difference between glucose and ketones? All right, so in a ketogenic diet where you're relying on the production of ketones to fuel your body, the reason why this can be an effective strategy is because, so say for example, you are a type 2 diabetic and you need to lose weight. You're obese or you're morbidly obese and you're really having a hard time managing your blood sugar. Um, so I was talking about the insulin, right? Insulin not only takes the sugar out of the blood, but it also is a hormone that tells your body to store fat. All right, it does this by making, preventing you from burning fat and encouraging your body to store fat. And this is basically a mechanism to keep you alive during a famine. Our bodies are uniquely designed to survive a famine. They're not designed very well for food abundance, which is what we have now. So if you want to avoid storing fat, then it's in your best interest to really manage those insulin levels. So if you're a type 2 diabetic, you have chronically elevated blood sugar. And if you're obese, you need to lose some weight. All right, so if you resort to a ketogenic diet where you're relying exclusively, almost exclusively on fats, it's an excellent way to both lose weight, burn fat, become a fat-burning machine, and also to keep that blood sugar very low because you're not really relying on, you're not relying on sugar to make energy. <clears throat> All right. <coughs> the other group that might benefit from a ketogenic diet are um, cancer patients. And why would I say that? <coughs> All right, so what fuels the growth of cancer? If you've ever had to have a PET scan, a PET scan, that is a, a tool that they use to look for cancer in the body. And what they do is they give you a fluorescently tagged version of glucose Cancer cells take up sugar much more efficiently than normal cells, non-cancerous cells, and that's how they find the cancer. So think about that. Sugar feeds cancer. So if we, you could change your, your diet so that you're not relying on sugar almost in any way, then you can starve the cancer. <coughs> 
And I do have plenty of patients who have effectively used this strategy to help heal their bodies while they're going through chemotherapy. The third category of people who may find a ketogenic diet to be helpful are epileptics. Uh, epilepsy is caused by uh, poor signaling in the brain, you know, catastrophic signaling in the brain, which causes the seizures, all right? That the neurons are not being fed properly and they're not signaling. So um, if your brain relies on <coughs> glucose, right, to feed those neurons, right, and, and the glucose is not getting into the brain uh, effectively, then altering your metabolism so that you're relying on ketones, which readily penetrate the brain and make energy, that might be an ideal way for epileptics to feed the brain to make energy without relying on sugar. Now, I believe that there are lots of other practitioners <clears throat> who might recommend a ketogenic diet for anyone, particularly anyone that's struggling to lose weight, but <clears throat> I want you to know that this is no easy strategy. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it sounds a lot easier than, than it is. Oh, just eat fat, that sounds great, I could do that, but really, a ketogenic diet is only going to work if you're able to find that sweet spot, which is the right, just the right amount of ketones. All right, so you are eating a diet that's 70% fat. Those fats are being um, converted to ketone bodies. To ensure that you're making just the right amount of ketones, that you're following the diet correctly, you will need to check your urine for ketones in your urine, all right? And you need to, you need to make sure that you're making just the right amount. If you're not making enough ketones, that is a sign that you're probably eating too many carbs. But if you're really overzealous, you can make too many ketones, all right? The production of all these ketones are, will result in a drop in the pH of your blood, and you will enter a state of ketoacidosis. When the pH of your blood drops, or rises for that matter, all right? But when it drops, that causes the proteins, which are the workhorses of your body, the proteins in your blood to denature, and you can subsequently enter um, a, a coma. So this is life-threatening. You definitely do not want to become enter a state of ketoacidosis. And this, unfortunately, is what happens with type 1 diabetics. In type 1 diabetes, uh, these this is type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease where the body destroys the beta cells of the pancreas so that you're not able to produce insulin at all. So when you cannot produce insulin, right, your body cannot use glucose. The glucose does not leave the blood. And if over a certain period of time, the, the glucose just stays in the blood, it doesn't get into the tissues 
where it needs to go to make energy, to energize the muscle, to energize the brain. Your body will resort to burning fats to make energy. And if you do this, if this happens consistently without being addressed with insulin shots or you're not taking your insulin properly, if you're consistently making these ketones, you will ultimately enter a state of ketoacidosis. And unfortunately, this is what happens with young diabetics, children who don't, who are not aware of what's happening. They don't get up and tell their parents that they need to get something to eat to uh, get some energy, and they uh, go and they have a. Uh, they go into what's called a diabetic coma. So this is definitely life-threatening. Life so this is a dietary strategy that really needs to be carefully monitored by a healthcare practitioner, uh, a nutritionist who is well-versed in this type of dietary strategy. So how exactly, so if you're really gonna do this, so my recommendation is uh, to pursue this strategy if you're a type two diabetic who needs to lose weight, a lot of weight, or if you're a cancer patient, or if you're an epileptic. So. If you're going to do this healthfully, uh, what is the best strategy? So I recently took a, a ketogenic dietary training, and I learned a lot. Um, although I understood the concept of the strategy, I felt like I wasn't really sure how exactly to execute it so that you don't get food boredom, you know, eating the same thing day in and day out. So I'm going to share with you the strategy that I was taught at this training. All right, so I'm going to walk you through uh, a typical day for a, ke uh, a ketogenic diet. So let's start with breakfast. All right, so breakfast looks like um, about a quarter of a cup of avocado. So if you're gonna be uh, committed to a ketogenic diet, you need to embrace avocados and heavy cream for that matter. So it's a very uh, challenging strategy if you're going to be vegetarian and avoid dairy as well. Th that is not very compatible with this strategy. So let's hope you like avocados. Uh, another thing that you can have for breakfast with the avocado is a hard-boiled egg, so not very vegan, vegetarian-ish there. Uh, and then you might want to uh, add to your eggs, you can have some scallion with your hard-boiled egg. All right, so that's breakfast. All right, lunch again is avocado, so maybe another quarter cup of avocado, some chopped celery, uh, some shredded chicken, about a quarter of a cup, uh, a half a cup of uh, sliced cucumber, and a half an ounce of wa uh, walnuts, which is about 14 halves, so four 14 walnut halves. So that's your lunch. I'll recap that. Avocado, chopped celery, shredded chicken, cucumber, and walnuts. All right, and dinner is going to look like um, some full-fat buttermilk, so that's interesting, with chia seeds. So you could add the chia seeds to the buttermilk, and that will make like a pudding. 
Um, you could also have one cup of whole milk on the side, so lots of dairy here, um, and two tablespoons of sunflower oil. Um, another thing that you could do is just make a, you know, this creamy shake with the buttermilk and the chia seeds and the sunflower oil. You can have, you can add the milk to that or just drink the milk on the side. All right, and since this is dinner, I would also add to this dinner salmon, about eight ounces of salmon baked in what else but oil. Okay, so maybe some olive oil. All right, so that's your breakfast, lunch, dinner. Some snacks that you can have in the same day are more, some more avocado, so another quarter cup of avocado, more celery, uh, some heavy whipping cream, cucumber, um, some more milk, and a tablespoon of some nuts or seeds. Now this actually was the diet that was in the guidance document that I was reading. So when I got home, I thought, gee, this really doesn't sound like it, it meets the criteria for adequacy or variety. So I decided that I would take all these foods and put them in a program that I use to look at nutrient density assessment. So in the program that I use, and if you'd like to learn more about it, you can contact me on my website. So you can go to the website eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K eggl-rock.com. Uh, you could either share your email address with me or you can send me a query. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to figure that out from the website. So I put all of these foods into my um, dietary tracker to see uh, if there were any nutrient gaps. So the tracker that I use will quantify all of the macronutrients, so all of the carbs, including the fiber, all of the proteins in terms of grams and percent total calories, and all of the fats. And the fats are, are in fact, broken down into saturated, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, linoleic acid, linolenic acid, EPA, and DHA. So we're looking at all those fats and we're looking at the full repertoire of all of the essential vitamins and minerals. So after I uh, input all this information, what did I learn? So the first thing that I learned is that, well, the reason why you're likely to lose weight in, with this ketogenic diet is because it's not very high in calories. In my original iteration, uh, I only had about 1,250 calories, which is way too low for just about anyone. That is probably below your basal metabolic rate, which is the number of calories that you would need to consume just to, to survive. Uh, in the second iteration of this particular diet, uh, the first iteration didn't have the salmon. I actually added the salmon. So I wanted to know what the salmon baked in olive oil would add. So the salmon boosted the uh, total number of calories to about 1,700. So that's more like it. 1,700 is probably a good number of calories for a woman who's trying to lose weight. Um, probably not really even enough for a man, um, a standard size American. American man who's trying to lose weight. So you'll still lose weight with this uh, dietary strategy just because it's a very limited number. And um, I will do a different podcast on weight loss, but I I, I would like you to promise me that if you ever decide to change your body composition, you will not 
follow a meal plan whose total calorie number is below your basal metabolic rate. And you can come to see me and I will quantify that BMR for you. All right, so what are the things that I found was lacking about this diet in addition to the low number of calories? Um, I also found it to be low in fiber, which everyone knows that ketogenic diets are low in fiber because you're not eating carbohydrates or grains. Um, since you really have to keep your carbs low, it's very limited in those categories. It's even fairly limited in, in, in many vegetables as well. So you're not really eating very many starchy vegetables like carrots, winter squashes, um, turnips, parsnips. So very limited on those starchy vegetables. And beets, no beets. Or very few beets. And of course, if you've been listening to me, you'll know that I swear that beets are a superfood. So low in fiber, so what happens when you're low in fiber? You're constipated, so if you are following a ketogenic diet, you're going to need to supplement your um, meal plan with some fiber of some sort, otherwise you're going to have a wicked case of constipation. It's a, This particular diet is low in potassium. The one that I just described is low in potassium, but you could probably uh, uh, boost that a little bit uh, with some more potassium com containing plants so we could solve that problem but that is a chronic problem of a ketogenic diet also low in vitamin a again simply because it's very low and you're not eating fruit and very and and limited in the vegetables that you're eating Oddly enough, this particular strategy was low in folate. Uh, folate is actually uh, um, hard not to get in the diet. Most anything that's good for you has almost anything that's good for you has folate in it. So I feel that a different permutation of this dietary strategy, we could correct the folate and we could probably correct the potassium, but we would be very hard to correct the fiber deficit and the vitamin A deficit. All right, and if you're not if you're not having dairy, if you're a vegetarian and you don't do dairy, then you'll probably be low in calcium. Um, so I would say that uh, this is a a pretty challenging dietary strategy, even in the face of diabetes, cancer, and epilepsy. Uh, so you definitely need to work with a seasoned nutritionist, someone who does this frequently with their patient population. Um, in the training that I took, um, because it was sponsored by um, a company who was well-versed in the art of ketogenic diets, they do uh, suggest some ketogenic products that you could take to avoid some of these deficits. So there is a ketogenic shake, a protein powder that's very high in, in the kinds of fats that you need to enter a state of ketosis. Something else that you can do to push your body, if you're having a hard time getting to ketosis, you can take exogenous ketones, which are just a ketone-like um, drink that you can have. So not a protein drink. It's just a ketone, like a lemonade of some sort. Uh, the ketones that you might find in the ketone drink are uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate, so BHB, 
So lots of these supplement companies are now coming out with their own uh, ketone drink. Uh, and I'm certainly, you know, I'm not averse to uh, recommending that if you're going to follow this dietary strategy. I will confess that uh, I do drink uh, ketone drinks every now and then. Um, and it and it does work exactly as, as advertised. I said earlier that ketones readily penetrate the brain. They instantly produce energy in the brain. And I do find that when I drink uh, ras raspberry ketones or something like that, I do find that when I drink the ketones, I do feel like I just woke up from a nap. Um, I don't feel stimulated in any way. I just feel like refreshed. Um, and while the ketones certainly don't... Um, alter my um, physiology in any way. They do make me feel mentally better, like I can think. All right, so that's really all I have to say about the ketogenic diet. I hope that you learned something that you didn't know before. All right, so if you'd like to connect with me in any way, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about this strategy, certainly connect with me on my website, eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or you can uh, follow me on um, Twitter at Eagle Rock Nutrition or like my Facebook posts, Eagle Rock Nutrition pa uh, Facebook posts. And you can find me on Instagram, Eagle, Eagle Rock underscore store score nutrition. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Eat Right with Laura. Uh, please join me for the next episode where I'll be talking more about uh, optimal weight loss strategies. Thank you all for li listening. Have a great day.